everybody. Welcome back to the Hope Recovered podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm Amy. And I'm Sarah. And today we're going to talk about a kind of heavy topic. We're talking about opioid use disorder, about prescription drug abuse. And the reason we're doing that is because we have DEA Take Back Day this weekend. And we'll go a little bit more into details for that later. But essentially what that is is where the DEA, the Drug Enforcement Agency, partners with local agencies across the nation to host take-back events where you can drop off your unused or expired medications. To talk about why that's important, let's look at how those may be abused. Amy, you've got some statistics for us, don't you? Mm-hmm. Um, these are going to be heavy numbers, and I, you know sometimes we get lost in numbers. And I want us all just to remember that these are people. So, you know, don't, it's not just a stats thing, it's actually a people thing. And these are actually Tennessee specific numbers, but we see this across the country. Our latest report, and these are 2019 numbers, showed that 2,000, over 2,000 people died from drug overdose. And if you look at the report uh, going back even to 2015, consistently, 2015, 16, 17, 18, 19, those numbers, have been rising and consistently the number of those deaths that are related to opiate overdose specifically are always right at or a little above 70 percent so what i'm saying is that a lot of people are dying from drug overdose and most of those drug overdose deaths are because of opiate misuse so this is something that um, has been a problem for years it's been on the news it's been something that um, has been called a crisis and we have tried to tackle as a nation drug take back days are aimed specifically at prescription opiates which are a big problem most of the drug overdoses that we see actually are because of street opiates But I just want to throw out there a different way of looking at this. People who die from opiate overdose are not, they don't fit stereotypes that sometimes we have about drug overdose situations. This is a kind of a a new kind of scenario where sometimes this misuse can start out as a legitimate prescription. And it also impacts people in the house who don't have intention to use. One of the things that comes to mind is older folks who have a prescription and don't use all their meds and leave them in the medicine cabinet or leave them sitting on the bedside table and they've got the grandkids for the day and a toddler gets a hold of the, of the bottle or or a, an adolescent grandson finds the drugs in the cabinet and now he becomes a user and the grandparent was an unwitting drug dealer. So, you know, there's all kinds of scenarios that unfold around this and that impact so many different kinds of people that it's just a really complex problem. And so we need to think about it in a complicated way. And I think you make a really good point there because in prevention, a lot of our materials have this, the phrase, don't be an accidental dealer. Mm-hmm. And people pick that up and they're like, I'm not going to be a drug dealer. What are you talking about? And the cards that we have that have a list a place on the back where you can list your medications that you mm-hmm. have. And it's not just opioids that so we, we hear about opioids mo- most commonly because we are in such a crisis right now, but things like Adderall, Ritalin, ADHD medications, they're mm-hmm. stimulants. They can be abused. Some anxiety medications like Vyvanse or mm-hmm. Xanax, 
can also be abused. And we hear about that a lot with younger people specifically. But, and like Amy said, we're looking at prescription drug abuse today. And majority of those are opioids. And so when we say opioids, what we're seeing a lot of times is prescription pain relievers, but they're not all prescription. So things like heroin, fentanyl, carfentanyl, we're seeing a lot of those being manufactured on the streets, but also an opioid is something like morphine or codeine, hydrocodone, things like that, that can be prescribed after surgery or injury. And speaking of fentanyl and carfentanyl, those are things that people may not be familiar with. Carfentanyl is an elephant tranquilizer, and it is a very powerful drug. Fentanyl is too. And one of the reasons that we see this so much is because it takes a tiny, tiny amount. Think about the point of a a pin, basically a pinhead amount to produce an extreme high. And so it's very economical, actually, for drug dealers. Mm -hmm. They can make lots and lots of drugs using that. And so what we see is a lot of mixing that in. And unfortunately, because it's so tiny in terms of amount, it's really hard to kind of measure out just how much you're putting into a pill or mixing into a liquid. And so Unfortunately, what we see is these accidental overdoses because things weren't mixed properly or, you know, and and nobody even had any idea how much they were getting. Or we see things like cross-contamination where they're using the same razor blade to cut the fentanyl as they did to cut another drug, whether it's an opioid or not, and a tiny, tiny amount is still left on that blade, gets mixed in with the next supply. And that's where we see what we have heard it referred to is a bad batch. Right. Where it goes through a town and you just see a surge of overdoses in a weekend of people Mm -hmm. who may not even be using opioids. Yeah. Because they didn't know that it, it got mixed in. Absolutely. And this is a really big deal. In 2019, three out of four heroin overdose deaths also involved fentanyl. So it is something that we're seeing really frequently. And interestingly, you would think, and people know about this, users know about this. So you would think that that would cause some fear to kind of come into the picture and that people would maybe not even use as much because what if they accidentally got a bad batch? But that is not the way a drug-addicted mind thinks. Mm -mm. They look for the fentanyl because it gives you a better high. Exactly. And less money to get that high. Right. And what we have to realize is when we are in the height of addiction, we are not rational. Right. We are in survival mode. Our mind has been tricked into believing that we need this substance to survive. Mm -hmm. So the parts of our mind, of our brain specifically, that are rational and logical are not even functioning. So, you know, if you think you need something like water or food, if you can go where you can find a lot of that you're going to go there, bottom line. So this is really a scary situation with fentanyl and carfentanyl. So what can the everyday person do? Well, we've been talking about the drug take-back days. For sure, we don't want to just leave unused opiates in our medicine cabinet. Mm -hmm. And that is a very common thing that a lot of people do. We just don't think about Mm -hmm. it because, you know, we got that medicine from the doctor, so it's safe, right? Right. And that's what we think. And and used properly, it can be, absolutely. Um, but we just need to be careful. Any unused 
medications like that, and you mentioned before ADHD meds and um, certain other psychotropic meds, if those are unused, we need to dispose of those properly. Mm-hmm. Um, and drug take-back days offer us the opportunity to do that. That's definitely something that's really easy. And you can do that at most pharmacies. Um, some of the bigger stores like Kroger and Walmart will participate in the drug take-back days. You can probably Google DEA drug take-back day, and you can find local locations. And I'm sure Kristen will provide you with information about that um, across Tennessee anyway. So in Tennessee, we have the Count It, Lock It, Drop It campaign, and that's where that phrase, don't be an accidental drug dealer, comes from. It was started by the Coffee County Anti-Drug Coalition and has spread really across the state with support from Blue Cross Blue Shield of Tennessee, and we have adopted it in pretty much every coalition across the state. So this is how, as everyday people, we can prevent opioid misuse. The main components of it, count it, lock it, drop it. So the first component of that is count it. So make it a goal to count your pills once every two weeks. That may seem like a lot, but what it does is it prevents theft and helps you ensure that you're taking them properly. So if you have a 30-day supply of a medication and after two weeks you only have 10 pills left, you're either taking more than you need to or somebody is getting into your pills. Or, on the other hand, if you have a 30-day supply of medication and after two weeks you have 25 pills left, you realize that you may not be taking them every day as you're supposed to. So the next step is lock it. Lock up your medications and store them in a secure place. We can provide lock boxes or locked bags through the coalition. You just have to reach out and we'll get those for you. And that, again, it ensures that people without that key are not going to be able to get into your medication cabinet, get into your opioids, things like that. Another part of that is store them in a place that people would not think to look. According to two-thirds of Tennesseans, the main source of prescription pain pills are friends and relatives. So people go to a friend and say, man, I just have a migraine. Can I get some medicine? And they hand them an opioid. And then people don't understand that when a doctor prescribes an opioid, there's so many things that have to go into account in that prescription with the dosage. I mean, they they take into account race. Mm Mm-hmm body weight biological sex things like that because our bodies metabolize medications differently based on all of those factors and more so when you take a friend or family member's medication it's not prescribed to you and it can cause an overdose so if a parent gives a child an adult dose of a medication that could cause an overdose and then the third part is drop it, and that's where we bring in the take-back days. But that can happen to year-round as well. So we have take-back days quarterly, and you can check at deatakeback.org to find out when the next one is, and that you can also find locations there. And that is across the nation. Or you can go to that website as well and find permanent lockboxes. So here in Jackson, we have, I believe, five at local pharmacies and law enforcement offices where you can drop off unused or expired medications for proper disposal. So you take it in, it's a, it looks like a big mailbox, it's bolted to the ground, and you, you drop it in, and law enforcement takes care of it. Our Metro Narcotics is who handles that in Jackson, and they go around and they collect all the medications from the different lockboxes, and they dispose of them properly. That sounds like a lot of work. Can't I just flush it down the toilet? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know... Where does it go at that point? Oh. 
<laughs> it still goes somewhere when it goes down the toilet or if you throw it in the trash mm-hmm. it still goes somewhere mm-hmm. and at that point we can especially if you just throw it away people can find that mm-hmm. we don't always think about people digging through dumpsters but there's a reason we cut up our credit cards before we throw them away mm, good point we need to handle our medication with that same care absolutely and you know, talking about this you kind of wonder i mean we know we've talked about kind of accidental or i don't know almost coincidental types uh, like beginnings for the opioid overdose so you know somebody gets something out of a medicine cabinet or um, maybe a child gets a hold of medication or whatever but how do most opiate addictions start do you think i, I can't even count or think about how many times I've, w- I've worked with somebody or just know somebody who's worked with somebody where their addiction started with an accident, mm-hmm. a broken limb, a surgery, a car wreck, whatever it might be. And the doctor started prescribing opiates. And, you know, in a lot of cases, they might have needed those. And some people continue to need them, but there's over prescription. And then these new laws came into effect and they couldn't prescribe anymore but people still had that pain and so now we've got people who are getting what they think are those same prescription drugs off of the street so it's really scary but you know a lot of times those addictions unfortunately start with us you know an accident and they progress on and that's really scary to think about how you know it could you know i've broken my feet both of my feet Mm. more than once and i had a major reconstructive surgery on one of them and i was put on those but i knew better and so i just didn't even start taking them because i i I just knew that it wasn't what was healthy because i worked at a pharmacy for eight years Um, i saw people go from completely healthy to depending on these drugs and i saw what it did to their bodies and their families and their homes so i just knew better thank goodness but you know something as simple as that could completely turn your whole life around so it sounds like we thought okay the answer is just take the pills away you know and a lot of times when we have legislation connected to drug issues in our country i think we tend to look at it just a little too no a lot too simplistically you know we talk about the system of care um, cooperating and we just really have to think about you know you've got all these people who are addicted and then you just take away the medication and that is why we're seeing what you were talking about sarah uh, the people still need the medication yeah they still have the pain mm-hmm. um most of them probably mm-hmm. are addicted mm-hmm. so now we've got some other complications going on too rebound pain and all kinds of other things yeah. and i mean I can just remember filling those prescriptions and those bottles, you know, it depends on what size bottles you have, but most of them come, there's a thousand in a bottle and um, a prescription bottle, you Mm -hmm. know, that we take from and you pour it out into the tray and you count them. Okay. And there's a warning label on there that says that it can cause dependence. And that's, it's almost like what they're made to do with your brain because you develop and to where you need more because what you originally had is not working anymore. Mm-hmm. So you build up a tolerance and then you need more. And it's a really scary thing because I can remember, you know, just going in and we could 
fill those bottles of there'd be a thousand fives, a thousand seven point fives, a thousand tens of each hydrocodone bottle. And we'd go through those in no time flat, especially at the first of the month. And and now that thankfully that has been cracked down on, mm-hmm. you know, we have different and I so I get the restrictions, but I also see the other side of it, too, mm-hmm. where the restrictions have caused a lot of harm because people aren't getting what they need. And it's like it wasn't followed up well mm-hmm. on the other end, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. um, because they weren't replaced. Nothing was replaced mm-hmm. or nothing was helped. They were just stopped. Right. And that just that doesn't work for everybody. Right, so no tapering process. No tapering, no anything like that, just complete, nope, sorry. And so, I mean, your body is telling you you have to have that, so you're going to go find it. And that can be dangerous with opioids Mm -hmm. as well if you don't have a medical detox. Right. Or, like you said, a tapering process prescribed by a doctor and and medically observed. Mm Mm-hmm. I listen to mark give his narcan trainings all the time and and Mm -hmm. that's one of the big things he talks about is if someone's coming off of opioids they need medical attention immediately Mm -hmm. because it's opioids and alcohol are the two most dangerous substances to withdraw from outside of medical supervision Mm -hmm. right the withdrawal process itself can lead to death Mm -hmm. and so it's a very serious thing so This makes me think, you know, what if I'm facing a surgery and I do need these medications because there's a place for these medications. So there's a happy medium. There's a a cautious medium. And I think two of the general rules are prescribe the lowest dose possible and limited time frame and stick to that. Mm -hmm. Also, I've been told not to chase the pain either, Mm -hmm. to stick to that schedule Mm -hmm. that the doctors prescribe the medications go by that and then stop when they tell you to stop now i think communication Mm -hmm. definitely during that process with your doctor is excellent a lot of people don't think about talking to the pharmacist Mm -hmm. either Mm -hmm. when i was prescribed one of my uh, medications for depression i'll never forget my friendly pharmacist calling me to check on me because there were side effects. And he wanted to talk that process through with me because he knew I had never been on that medication. And, you know, that's what they're there for, to answer your questions. To You can check in with them and you can talk to them about how you're feeling. They're a really good resource. Mm-hmm. Another thing is to be honest with your doctor about mental health concerns. Yes. Previous mm-hmm. addictions, things that, you know, when your doctor asks, how often do you use alcohol don't lie exactly don't check oh never but then in the back of your mind you're like just every weekend so it's not (laughs) a big deal you know yeah they ask those questions for a reason Mm -hmm. and that that is important when it comes to prescribing and so to be honest with your doctor don't let shame or stigma keep you from having those conversations they're not there to judge you they're there to help you get well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what if I have these medications in my house and I find my child with a bottle and an overdosed? I mean, that's scary. That's mm-hmm. a scary scenario, mm-hmm. but we know it happens because we've been looking at the numbers. It's right. very real. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you do? Or your friend mm-hmm. who uses heroin 
or, you know, any of the scenarios that we've been talking about, what do we do in the case of an overdose? First things first, call 911. Absolutely. And even if you are using with that person, Mm -hmm. still call 911. In Tennessee, we have the Good Samaritan Law, and what that says is on the first time, if you are with someone who overdoses and you are using as well, the police will not charge you for your actions in that moment if you are calling for life-saving medical attention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are so scared of that. I've heard story after story of people being found on sidewalks or people mm-hmm. being dropped off at the emergency room dead mm-hmm. because they were using together and were afraid to call for help because they were afraid they would get arrested. Mm-hmm. That person's life is important and it is more important than the police issuing a citation or arresting someone for possession. Mm-hmm. I mean, not in all cases, but most likely the police are just going to be glad or EMS or whoever are just going to be glad that you called mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. instead of trying to make some big cover up or some big ordeal. I mean, they're just going to be glad that you called and, Thankfully, we have a magic drug, too, called Narcan Yes, that helps with that. And and time matters. You know, we've been trained to understand that with a stroke, time matters. As soon as you see those symptoms, you know, the, the clock starts ticking in terms of prognosis, right, and the outcomes for that person. Same thing is true with an opiate overdose. It matters when Narcan is administered, okay? Every tick of the clock makes it less likely that we can bring that person mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. So we need to react quickly and get EMS and law enforcement on the scene so that we can save that person's life. And it is usually a nasal spray that is so simple to administer. And I would say if you have a prescription for an opiate, you need Narcan in your home. Mm-hmm. And if you're not prescribed Narcan with the prescription for the opiate, you can, if you're in Tennessee, can reach out to your regional overdose prevention specialist. I'll put that link in the show notes and they can provide Narcan free of charge and give you training on how to use it. Same thing is true if you're in high risk situations. If you're around people who are using opiates, if you are using opiates yourself, you can still get free Narcan, no questions asked. Reached out to your regional overdose prevention specialist. There are resources available. Absolutely. If you're not in Tennessee, check with your pharmacist. There are still ways across the nation that you can get Narcan. It may not be free, but it may be covered by insurance depending on your state, your insurance, and your situation. Yes, and all public places should have a Narcan kit and have somebody trained on its administration. It's just like having any kind of first aid kit or emergency preparedness Mm -hmm. kit. We all should have that because... You never know who's coming in the door or her, or who's in your parking lot. Um, these kinds of things happen. People dump people at dumpsters. I mean, um, you know, tragedies can be avoided very easily with the administration of Narcan. But you can't administer it if you don't have it. I know for sure that two places just within the past few days here locally had two overdose, had an overdose, one at each place, and they were able to administer Narcan to that person and save them. That's amazing. So it's so helpful just to have around. I mean, it's not going to hurt anything. Mm -hmm. It's not big or bulky. It's in a small bag. And 
it's not like it's going to take up a bunch of space or hurt anything if it just sits there. Mm-hmm. But if you have it, it could save somebody's life. And if you use it on someone who's not in an overdose, it doesn't hurt them. Right. And so it doesn't do anything. And the number that we started out with, over 2,000 people dying with overdose and 70% of that number opiate-related, that is not how many overdoses happened. That's how many people died from an overdose. That's right. And the reason that that number isn't higher and more tragic is because of Narcan. Mm -hmm. We would see, I'm going to wager tens of thousands based on the data that we see as far as overdose calls. So Narcan saves lives every day. And again, if you need Narcan and you're in Tennessee, click the link in the show notes. It'll take you to a map of Tennessee divided into regions. And each region has their own regional overdose prevention specialist. Their phone number will be listed below. Their email will be listed. Give them a call. Send them an email. And they will get in touch with you to train you and provide a free Narcan kit. If you're not in Tennessee, ask your pharmacist. Most of the time, they will have it there, and you can buy it, or it can be covered by insurance. Mm -hmm. And if you have a prescription for an opioid, talk to your doctor about getting a prescription for Narcan as well. Amy, you made a point earlier that I want to come back to you. Okay. What do you do if you find your kid with a bottle of opioids or a bottle of prescription medicine that's not prescribed to them? And I think, you know, my role is prevention, and so that's what I think of a lot is how are kids getting their hands on things, what to do, um, mm-hmm. how are they being hidden, things like that. I, first step is to sit down and have a conversation. Where did you get these? And, and not in a, oh my goodness, where did you get this yelling, confrontational kind of way, but a, what's going on? Why do you need these? Mm-hmm. Is this something we need to talk to your doctor about? Because it may be that they have a pain issue or it may be that they have ADHD that they're, self-medicating with something else or a mental health diagnosis okay well well do we need to talk to your doctor and explain why even if it seems like it's helping it's dangerous to take other people's medications kids don't understand that no Mm -mm. and unless you are able to sit down and have that conversation they don't i mean it's prescribed right may not be prescribed to me but that means it's safe that we think that all the time and we we see that little orange bottle and we think oh that's safe And so it makes them feel good. It may help with certain issues like anxiety. And so a lot of times, especially with youth, when you see substance use like that, what you're seeing is them trying to self-medicate, undiagnosed, or even diagnosed but not treated mental health concerns. And so have that conversation in a loving way, in a compassionate way. I know it's scary Mm -hmm. and it's easy to turn to anger when you're scared, but sit down and see what they're treating with those medicines because they are still medications Mm -hmm. and talk to them about talking to a doctor and how dangerous it is to take someone else's medications and be ready for the reason to be that they're giving it to a friend too Mm -hmm. because that does happen frequently Mm -hmm. and you know our culture has changed we don't talk to people like we used to we a lot of us don't know our neighbors some of us don't know our kids friends parents very mm-hmm. well and so having to make a phone call about well you know johnny said that he's getting this for tony and you know i mean that that's scary mm-hmm. but it's it's scarier to think about that kid overdosing at yeah. some point mm-hmm. so sometimes we just have to have hard conversations All right 
And again, I think it's how we approach those conversations that's important. You know, when we approach things in compassion and love and concern, Mm -hmm. we get a much better response than if we're just straightforward or judgmental or something like that. And so I think if we're afraid of those conversations, to just express honestly the compassion and concern for that other child or for your child Mm -hmm. that you may have and and the parent will be more likely to be receptive to that because they are probably concerned for their child as well Mm -hmm. and let's transfer that to adults too you know every conversation we have about addiction regardless of what the substance is we always want to come from a place of grace and start with that why question why because there's always a why you know, we just have, there's so much stigma and we have the stereotype, you know, people just partying, deciding to party and have mm-hmm. fun or whatever. Um, and that's just so not true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just no. not true. And, you know, we can even loop this back to our ACEs discussion that we had, you know, instead of what's wrong with you, what's happened to you or what's mm-hmm. happening to you, mm-hmm. you know, what kind of situation is this person in that they need this medication, and so, you know, coming from that mindset, compassion naturally flows from that. Grace is just a part of that. So that's one of our hopes with this podcast is to kind of invite that way of thinking mm-hmm. to really um, let grace spread mm-hmm. so more people can get help. Yeah. I think people, I, I don't really want to like freak anybody out, but as a warning, we have to be careful today, especially because... And I don't even understand how, but people who, drug dealers and things like that are getting a hold of actual, real pill presses and making what looks like a regular prescription opioid or opiate look like the real thing. And it, but mm-hmm. it's, it's not. It's not the real thing. It's la- It might have some of the same qualities, but it's laced with many times fentanyl and maybe other stuff that we don't even know about. And it looks exactly real. It looks just like the real thing. And that's mm-hmm. really scary because I've had, I can't even say how many I've heard of overdose because they got something off of the street that they thought was something else. Mm-hmm. And it it took him down. Mm-hmm. Mark um, tells a story in his Narcan trainings of um, there was a lady who had, I think, dental work done. Mm-hmm. She was an elderly lady, and her dentist prescribed an opioid, I think hydrocodone, for pain relief after after the dental work. Mm-hmm. And her husband went to get the prescription filled and couldn't afford it. Mm-hmm. And so he left the pharmacy, and his friend called, and he explained what was going on. And his friend said you know, I know this isn't you, but I know where you can get the same exact pills half the price. Mm-hmm. And went and bought, I mean, the same milligram, the same, looked exactly the same, pill was the same color, had the same markings as what had been prescribed. So the man thought what he was buying was safe because it looked the same. Mm-hmm. And he gave it to his wife, and it was laced with fentanyl, and she died. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, you know, something that seems so innocent is trying to get your wife's prescription filled. Yeah. And not being able to afford it. It's such a heartbreaking scenario. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's like you said, we have these pill presses have made their way to the streets. The pills look exactly the same. Or 
it may look like a pill that's not an opioid and be an opioid. Mm-hmm. Right. We had um, a couple of weeks ago, we had some overdoses from smoking marijuana that was laced with fentanyl. And, you know, that was just a total <laughs> surprise. Um, so we're seeing it show up there, too. So you just, I mean, especially now, like you said, Sarah, you just really have got to be careful about what you're taking into your body. Mm-hmm. And that's like we were talking about earlier. It could be something as simple as cross-contamination. Right. Where the same dealer is pressing pills and using fentanyl, doesn't change his gloves, mm-hmm. or doesn't wear gloves and it gets on his hand and it gets it in the marijuana, or uses the same knife mm-hmm. or razor blade. And it all it takes is a tiny, tiny amount of fentanyl. Mm-hmm. I mean, thinking about a sugar crystal or a grain of salt. Like, that amount of fentanyl can cause an overdose. Yeah. And so, we don't want to leave you with this doom and gloom and despair. Recovery is real, and it's possible, Mm -hmm. and people are recovering from from opioid use disorder. We just need to be aware of... Absolutely. Education and connection. What's going on. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's what we need. And to just understand that even though these are prescribed, I mean, I don't know how many have paid attention to the news purdue pharma got hit with a major lawsuit over the way they marketed oxycodone Mm -hmm. when it was first released because they said it was not addictive Mm non-habit forming Mm -hmm. and that was a lie and they knew it was a lie they had studies that showed that it was habit forming and they sent their reps out And they sold it anyway, and that was a major push into this crisis that we're in now. And so things are happening. Purdue Pharma, you know, accepted a deal. They worked. They they have settled on the lawsuit, and laws are changing for prescribing. They're working to get the pill presses off the street. This is not. It's not over by any means, mm-hmm. but things are happening to reduce the opioid crisis. For just about everything that's out there, there's some kind of task force or something mm-hmm. to help try to stop it. But we need to be aware into how we can play into it as mm-hmm. well. And Absolutely. that's why we talk about count it, lock it, drop it. That's why we have the DEA take back days so that we're not accidentally contributing to this crisis. Mm-hmm. So be sure take back your medications if you can't come this saturday to a to a location near you find one of your permanent lock boxes help your grandparent you never know what's in granny's medicine cabinet amen (laughs) and it seems like grandparents hold on to things more than anybody and may Mm -hmm. not even realize if you've had a loved one especially an elderly loved one pass away recently and you're going through their stuff and you find a bunch of medications take them to a lock box Don't just leave them in storage. Don't just leave them where somebody could get their hands on them. There are permanent lock boxes, or you can lock them up yourself and then bring them on take back day. If you need a location to take your medications, whether a permanent lock box or a take back day location, go to deatakeback.org. I'll put that link in the show notes. All you got to do is click on it. There should be a location finder up at the top of the screen and It will show you locations and times and things like that. It is possible to reduce opioid misuse, even if we're just reducing the amount of pills that are out there. 
Absolutely. If you want to be trained in Narcan, I think everybody should. Whether mm-hmm. you think you might need it or not, it's still good to know how to use because you never know who you're going to see at Walmart. Right. Or in the church pew next to you. You never know what somebody's dealing with. So it is good to have and at least understand what Narcan is, how to use it. And if you're in Tennessee, you can get a free kit. Uh, again, those links will be in the show notes. So thanks for coming along this conversation. I know it was a little bit heavier than some of ours have been, um, but we're glad you made it through. And we hope this has been informative for you and maybe changed the way you think about medications and, and how we handle those in our home. Be sure to check out the links in the show notes. There's a lot of information there. Anything you need, if you have questions or comments concerns we'd love to hear from you if you have anything you want us to talk about on the show again we would love to hear that you can find us on instagram at hope recovered and on facebook hope recovered and you can reach out to us there send us a message interact with our post we would love love to hear from you and engage with you be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode coming out and rate and review if you feel so inclined, we again, I mean, we would love to hear what you think. You know, this is a, a new process for us, and we, we want to engage with you, our listeners, and, and make this something that will be helpful for you. As always, we just want to leave you with a reminder that we, we do recover. recover.